Hello, all doomsday preppers and apocalyptic lifestyle manual procurers. You're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and much like Harvey Keitel, I'll be slumming and disinterested this whole way through. <laughs> With me, as always, it's film critic Daniel Barnes. Hello, everybody. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. And then we review and rate them using our unique system. Run-of-the-mill, bad film, everyday, average, yeoman's effort of a bad film. We'll rate that a dare. Those truly, truly atrocious movies, we'll give that a double dare. And the reverse dare, the hallowed, daytime Emmy award-winning reverse dare for those despised movies that we think are actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing Hayden Christensen and Harvey Keitel in The Last Man. We're also going to read some movie dare sent in by our listeners, but before we get started, we're going to take it to Cockcast Town and talk about the movie-themed cocktail Daniel has prepared for this week. So in honor of this week's film, and specifically in honor of its Canadian star, that's Vancouver native Hayden Christensen, I have made a variation on the Maple Leaf cocktail. Now, the the classic Maple Leaf is a, a pretty simple cocktail. It's just bourbon, it's lemon juice, and it is maple syrup. But I have made sort of what I call a burnt maple leaf, and I've called it the final storm. Mm. I have vastly overcomplicated it in honor of our film this week. So I split the Buffalo Trace bourbon with some smoky rye whiskey from California's Tilled Spirits, added a little cinnamon syrup to the maple syrup, tossed a couple dashes of Angostura bitters in there, and I charred the lemons before I juiced them so it had an extra kind of smoky and uh, oily flavor. Then... Shook that up, strained it, and then smoked it again with my fog hat cocktail smoker to give it a little bit of extra smoke in the glass quirky. It's a cocktail for the end of the world, man, in your bunker, slamming Dan, these. <laughs> what the fuck are we reviewing movies for, dude? This is amazing. <laughs> that cinnamon, I can taste it. And then the lemon, the charred lemon, it's making this part of my my yeah. jowls, my jaw just... it. <laughs> Oh, just a little it's tightening it just up. a little t- it's so fucking good that's a good one uh kudos buddy to the end of the world kudos to making it to the end of the film because that was the real <laughs> fucking challenge but yeah i'll put the recipe for this one up on the show post in case anyone wants to make it at home if we were any damn good at instagram we'd be doing like little mixings on there and, and showing I... how to make them We'll figure it out one of these days by the time yeah. Instagram is fucking <laughs> By the next year, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Instead of uh, any recent movies talking about today, I wanted to give two shout outs to a couple listeners, some of the coolest things and um, some tasks we've been tasked with. One is Operation Get Ryan Elteria Boyfriend. So I am spearheading this. This is independent of Dare Daniel. This is on my social media platforms. We're trying to get mega uber listener Ryan Elteria Boyfriend. He's a charismatic, handsome, funny, charming guy who just has been unlucky in love, undeservedly so. So if you're looking for someone and you're in the Orlando greater metropolitan area, hit me up. I'll do the filtering. It's the new dating service. It's called Corkle. Ryan... We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you hooked up, buddy. Okay, we're gonna find you the love you deserve. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, good luck. Good luck to you, and and especially good luck to Ryan. On the other end of the uh, love diaspora, well, no, sorry, not the other end, but I guess I just the natural product of bringing people together and in love. I got one of the sweetest, most amazing comments from loyal listeners, the Lemke family. 
Oh. Uh, specifically, Corrine Lemke, who said she just popped out the fourth little Lemke and said the only thing that got her through labor was listening to our podcast. She was sitting in labor, <laughs> so uncomfortable. It was like, I need to listen to something and listen to the circle while she was agonizing through the last stages of her labor pain. It was wow. just like, why is this bitch in the, in the kayak again? Why is she in the kayak? And I was just, so we, the, uh, babies have been born into wow. the world with Dare Daniel pumping through their mother's eardrums. That's amazing, and because typically it's babies that get made uh, yes. while listening to our show, right? Because you know they put on our Monument episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe Fifty Shades, they get a little seduction <laughs> going on. Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Life, love, we've got it. That all kid, here. the not any of the other ones. The one who was born mm-hmm. with you listening to us, we'll have him on later on. Yes, the chosen one. Yes, the chosen one. <laughs> We will lay out some items before him. If he mm-hmm. chooses the correct item that he has had in the previous life as a co-host of this show, he will come on and replace one of us. Well, I don't know if you know that he has to now kill one of us and take over the show <laughs> as the host. There can only be one half of Dare Daniel. Uh, beautiful. All right, folks. Dares. That's the name of the show. That's the name of the game. You got some movie dares? We're going to read them. We might review them on the show. First air comes from Jeffrey Markilescu, and I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. He has Pieces from 1982. Quirky, do you know this movie? I've never heard of this movie. Pieces. It's directed by Juan Piquer Simon. Stars Christopher George, Linda Day George, and Frank Branya. Why? Jeffrey pieces why what how he says more low budget 80s horror badness slash greatness i'm assuming he was a fan of our spookies episode anyway imdb synopsis co-eds of a boston college campus are targeted by a mysterious killer who is creating a human jigsaw puzzle from their body parts that's kind of fucked up so thank you very much jeffrey first time dare for the dare second dare we have is from gunner pearson show favorite who dared us the unbelievably dreary and unsophisticated 365 days forbidden obsession. Deadly. Deadly. Forbidden. Deadly forbidden. That's what Deadly it's called. Forbid, no. Deadly obsession? <laughs> I don't fucking. Deadly attraction. Deadly, Deadly attraction. attraction. One of the forbidden most... obsession sounds like one of those like uh, Shannon Worry movies from the 90s, Skinamax or something. But this movie from Gunnar Pearson is. Forbidden Power. Great. Another, <laughs> another great fucking title, man. This is a 2018 movie written and directed by Paul Kiriasi. Stars Lincoln Bevers, Nassanin Nuri, and Hannah Jansen. Why did Gunnar Pearson dare this movie? He says, in this movie, a young white man gets superpowers by... F- <laughs> in this movie, a young white man gets superpowers by fucking a Native American woman. There are a lot of ridiculous directions that this movie goes in, but I feel like the previous sentence sums up why you guys should check this movie out. On a side note, the dialogue in this movie is an atrocity, and this movie looks like highly polished dog shit. <laughs> Fuck it. The rave. I mean, that is rave. Can I can I say dog turd just so I can give it a ding? Ding, ding, ding. Thank you, Gunner, for your daring, and keep those dares coming, because you are sending the heat, brother. And now, our feature presentation. The Last Man. Anonymous's dare reads as such. 
A while back, I was curious what Hayden Christensen was up to since completely stunning everyone with such well-crafted acting in Star Wars that people actually preferred Jar Jar. And he's been working. One 2019 item on his resume is The Last Man with Harvey Keitel. Saw it was on and fired it up. Dot, 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 dot. Calling this a turd would be an insult to turds. And honestly, I thought of you two within the first 10 minutes. The IMDb synopsis. Kurt, combat veteran with PTSD and hallucinations, fortifies his home and builds a secret underground shelter due to doomsday-like weather changes. He gets a security job to pay for it and his boss's cute daughter for company. Fucking hell. (laughs) It's not wrong. It is not. I'm just flabbergasted that there's really nothing else besides that. That is exactly what happens in this movie. It is, and it's 104 104. 104. Like 1,004. Yes, The Last Man. I could find almost no information about this film. This is like a recurring theme. We've really been doing some obscure stuff lately. Yes, I'm finding like stuff that doesn't even have Wikipedia page. This has a Wikipedia page. It just has nothing on it. Here's what we know. Directed, co-written, and co-produced by Argentinian Rodrigo H. Villa. It stars Hayden Christensen and Harvey Keitel. Agata, Agata, what? <laughs> it is a Canadian production, likely explaining the participation of our boy, Hayden Christensen. Tax breaks. Uh, <laughs> the film was released September 6, 2018, in 50 theaters in only Argentina, where it grossed about $12,000. It wasn't even hit there. Finally released stateside on VOD January 18th, 2019. Has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, although only four reviews. No entry on Metacritic. Todd Jorgensen of Cinemalog called it, quote, a muddled and incoherent mess of dystopian cliches without any emotional anchor, end quote. Corky. Yeah. Usually I try to come up with some kind of competing critical. Uh, there's only four reviews and they're all negative. So I got right. nothing for, for no one for you to fight, really. And honestly, the way Todd, my boy Todd, put it over there at Cinemalog, call uh, muddled an incoherent mess of dystopian cliches without any emotional anchor. Kind of nailed it. Do you want to just call it on the show and just wrap this fucker up? I mean, because that, that's it. That's it. That's I don't it even is. think we needed to read his review, just the name of his show, Cinemalog. It, this was a cinema log. It was a steaming <laughs> log of shitty cinema. God damn, we've sat through some sits. We've Ugh. we've we've put yeah. up with some stuff. This might have been the most boring 144 minutes I've ever spent. It was it was 104 minutes, but you're absolutely right. It it's, felt uh, like 444 it, minutes. It did. It just kept going and going. There was no shape to it. Yeah, honestly, I think this will be a fast episode because words are insufficient to describe the soul-crushing experience of watching this film. It is so dull. It is so dreary. And I'm all good with dark end-of-the-world type shit, but this yep. isn't watchable. It is <clears throat> It is just absolutely dull and dreary. And it's also this like weird incel survivalist fucking sex fantasy at the same fucking time. This movie is just dead. It's all shot in the same sick green, gray color. Performances are awful. There is not a story. There's no, no story. No. The script is stupid. Hayden Christensen's narration? <laughs> what why? And what the fuck? Pacing, framing, structure, score, everything basement level bad fails on all levels. I don't know what else to say. It fires on no cylinders. Like it doesn't <laughs> even have cylinders put in. It this I was sitting there, I'm like, has the movie started? And I was 20 minutes into it. <laughs> 
You know the opening to Joe versus the volcano? Imagine that just like that the whole movie long, <laughs> but with such less talent. I've mistakenly been under the impression that Anonymous cared about us and listened to us out of respect and admiration. No, he's torturing us. This is, He's beyond the seventh dooring us with this one. <laughs> I'm serious, man. <laughs> so true. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's go. Okay, The Last Man. We open with crazy weather. Wow, the weather's crazy. Clouds are doing weird things. Sirens, guns, POV shots, some sort of a war versus an unseen enemy. There's distortion. The friend gets shot. Put me, you know, put me down. We're all dead anyway. And then he yells, wake up. And boom, he does. (gasps) With a big gasp under the bed and vomits. This is our hero. It really looks like you're in a first-person shooter because it swings back from POV to shooting to POV. And it seems to, like, buffer at one point, too, or it's just, like, distortion. The dark is so turned up. It's so trying to be atmospherically dark and gray. So after the vomit, we get the first line of a lot of narration in this movie. And, of course, Mm -hmm. it's all delivered by Hayden Christensen in the same kind of gruff monotone. My name's Kurt Matheson. Surviving is something I'm good at. I don't have a Hayden Christensen impression <laughs> teed up. Sorry, he's so boring. I can't even. I can't. You even were know. way too intelligible. He, there he was mumbles. some sort of like emotion in my voice. Sorry, um, but yeah, he's he's surviving in this horrible world. He has the same nightmare every night. He has hallucinations. He's hearing voices. We think maybe there's some PTSD in there. He's got a bushy beard, but otherwise, Hayden Christensen kind of. Looks the same as he did in, you know, like Revenge of the Sith. Or we also get the next new bad movie trope of counting down days. Oh, that, boy. <laughs> well, he's counting how many, up days. Okay, counting up days. How many movies are we going to watch where there's counting days <laughs> and we're just like, fucking get over it, get through it? And he explains that it only took 30 days to destroy Western civilization. That there's been environmental catastrophe. There's been global collapse. We see like bartering in the streets. We see these like criminal gangs, these like Nazi gangs and stuff like that. So it's this very dystopian atmosphere. But man, it just, it looks so, no, looks so cheap. You know, they've right. obviously shot it on a, a set, like even like a third of the size of like the Johnny Mnemonic sets that looked really cheap. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's really bad dystopian. Bo- These uh, outside shots, they got one staircase and one alley and they just shot the fuck out of that. Like everything happens right here. <laughs> so, and this is where you realize that the fake beard budget on this show, I mean, it had to be astronomical. It was more than what they paid Hayden Christensen, I guarantee you. <laughs> Everybody's got these really fakey looking beards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Kaitel, he's got gray hair, he's got a beard. Ironically enough, he has like Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of robes too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and his thing throughout this movie is that he's always like, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a prophet. I'm not this and stuff. But like he's he is. Yeah, like he is. Like he, is he gets up. He gets up and preaches, and he prophesizes. And then he gets down and he's like, "I'm not a prophet." It's like, <laughs> okay, wow. You're talking about the end of the days. Yes. people should listen to you. <laughs> not yeah. a prophet. Not a yeah. preacher. Okay, thanks. Cool. Yeah, and Kaitel 
fucks given, I'm going to go with 0.0. He briefly looked at his lines, went out and just said them. I don't. I think cue cards. I don't even know if he yeah. read his lines. I'm just like, you know, or he did a Brando thing where somebody like fed some into his ears. I, this, is, this is zero fucks given. The dialogue too, the dialogue makes no sense the whole movie. Like- yeah, so Keitel, he's this like end of days sort of, um, sort of prophesizer. And he says, we destroy life in the name of progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's like to so show bad. it's post-apocalyptic there's a guy playing a theremin that's like one of those <laughs> just random like there's this episode of firefly people venerate firefly but there firefly had some shitty episodes and there's this one episode where to show they're in some futuristic faraway planet someone's eating like a, a snow cone with a dingly ball that, that, that you have to lick that as it circles around it's like no that's just inconvenient that's like, not what? anything <laughs> futuristic that's a post-apocalyptic <laughs> So, yes, this movie is set in, I guess, the not-too-distant future and is post-apocalyptic, but quirky, quirky. I detected things that I think maybe, possibly, it's a commentary on our current state mm. of affairs. Um, pretty much, duh, throughout the entire <laughs> fucking movie. Like, yeah, there there are straight-up, like, hipster Nazis. We're talking climate change. There's religious fundamentalism. Everyone has guns. It's all, there's soldiers with PTSD. It's all just like a very obvious like commentary on capital letters, you know, where we are now, whatever. None of it is good. It's all bad. Yeah. So um, Hayden Christensen, Kurt, he's back at home. He's doing sit-ups in a gas mask as smoke fills the room. He narrates some stuff. It was boring. Uh, the gas mask doesn't work. He starts choking. So he goes for a refund and who's there but our boy Harvey Keitel. And Harvey says, you know what? Can't you know? Can't do nothing for you with that gas mask, but here is my self-pen survival guide. <laughs> I want to save, quote, the best of our species. But there's also this whole thing where they're like, getting shaken down by Nazis, but like that's a very kind of like, you know, master race sort of yes, fucking it is. attitude that he's got. Yes, it is. Um yeah. But the dialogue, he's like, I don't need your handbook. That's not a handbook. It's a mind book. <laughs> <laughs> that is eighth grade fucking essay oh, Nietzsche level deep. Boy. So in this like cross-cutting scenes i mean the the structure of this movie is so bad garbage scene to scene and within the scenes but especially in this one because they're like cross-cutting between these two scenes where basically the same thing is happening these Mm -hmm. suspender wearing hipster nazis who are like this gang kind of running around the street also they're cops maybe i don't it's eh. somehow they're all jake Busey, but not all jake Busey. commentary um so anyway they both in separate spaces corner harvey keitel and hayden christensen and there's all these cross-cutting scenes so like harvey keitel is getting shaken down for money and kurt is just getting harassed because they think he's a bum um so they beat him up and then harvey keitel kind of um comforts him now yeah there's there's people getting beat up there's guns getting pulled but it's the slowest most it's- boring with I can't no even use the words build action. or nope. tension. There's no kind of suspense built at any point. There's it's no just, framing like just, to make it interesting or appealing. Yeah, there's no real structure to it at all. It just is all this same really dead, dreary kind of tone uh, and style and everything. It's just, oh boy, it's bad. All right, so Kurt, he's always drinking from a big bottle, which is vodka. Uh, I thought about making a vodka cocktail, but vodka cocktails are kind of boring. So 
went with the smoked maple leaf. Not looking back, no regrets. But Kurt's <laughs> drinking vodka. He's contemplating suicide. He's having his Apocalypse Now hotel room freakout moment. It's just mm-hmm. as bad as you would fucking think. Yep. He sees Harvey Keitel on TV explaining that there's going <laughs> to be a... He's just right because he's on TV. I mean, the, the, throughout the movie, there is this whole thing where it's like, how much of this is in Hayden Christensen's head and it's yeah. just PTSD and hallucinations? How much of it is actually happening? How much of it is sort of a prophecy and he is sort of like yeah. this chosen one kind of a guy? But also, like, it's not that in that the movie never really seems to like give a shit or no. question it or like have those kind of tensions. It's just like things happen and it just happens. It's, yeah. It, and then they'll have a scene describing what just happened or what you just learned if you learned yes. anything. It's, and there's this, this whole kind of fight club meets the road kind of thing. Mm. He's hallucinating, talking to all these different characters, all while trying to navigate through this post apocalyptic. Is it the end times? Yes. Ugh. But or am b- I just boring? Crazy. Oh my god! Yeah, no, right? No. So yeah. Anyway, Harvey Keitel, there's going to be an electrical storm. It's going to wipe out everything. It's going to wipe out all of humanity. And so he says, "I guess I got to look for a job." What? So he has to go look for a job because he needs to buy supplies for his to build a survival shelter. Is what the world's going to so end? He goes to a security think- company, which is like because he's a, a soldier. Not many places in this sort of. See, it's not post-apocalyptic, right? Because it, it is post-apocalyptic because they're all like society fell, but then everybody's like the world's going to end. And you're like, but the world everybody still like- contributes to the economy and the job, and there's a government. It's like what? <laughs> there's TV. There's like you know what I mean. Like, and, but they're all and-, and all the TVs are like '80s technology. Yeah, it doesn't make it's so Whatever. untethered. Dumb. It's just all of a sudden now he's in a job interview and you're like, what? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, and the the guy the job he's interviewing for the guy is like. I like you. I see something in you. <laughs> I, you can do my security. I security for a big firm, and it's like this man looks unwell. That you're you're telling this guy he looks great for security at your place. He's got rings, raccoon rings around his eyes. He's disheveled. He must stink. <laughs> He's just soaked in vodka. Yes. I think you got to feel it. All right. Anyway, so yeah, he goes to look for the job, but first, before he goes into the security company, he meets the kid. Mm. Who it's just this little kid who walks up to him and he goes, You aren't dead, are you? And he's like, Huh? What? Huh? I'm Hayden Christensen. And then the kid goes, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm a big boy. Bye. <laughs> I'm a big boy. It's like weird because he's like, the kid looks like he's like nine, ten years old. It's weird for someone and from that the old 50s. to say, I'm a, I'm a big boy. Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just like, What? So anyway, then we also meet yeah. Jessica. Okay. This is the daughter of the boss. She has red hair. Everyone in the security company, I'm assuming all these actors are Argentinian actors that the director has worked with before because everybody in in this security company is is Latin American. You ever Um, see a character in a movie and you're like, I know that person's getting naked sometime in this movie. It's like immediately (laughs) as soon as they're on screen, they're way too hot and better looking than anybody else that's around them. That's what the vibes I got from Jessica. Yes. So she's the daughter of the boss. The boss interviews uh, Kurt and says, you're looking good. Sounds good. Take my job, please. Take this job with this big security company. Sounds great. Um, but yes, we do learn that he is a combat veteran, which I guess we sort of already learned that, but it's, it's definitely Yeah, it's how the movie opens. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, he goes back home and has the That's same right. dream again about Mercy killing his friend in the middle of war. And who shows up? But his mercy killed dead friend, Johnny. Johnny. 
Yeah. God, of all the characters in this movie, I hated Johnny the most. Well, obviously uh, Johnny? I hated Hayden Christensen the most, but Johnny, oh my God. Huge Johnny's douche. just up for a good time. <laughs> he just wants to have a good time. He's been dead for years. Why has he been tortured about murdering this man? This man is awful. I would have put a bullet really, in this guy first day of basic. Really terrible. <laughs> Uh, but yes, he just shows up in the kitchen. He tells him to, quote, find yourself some fucking tail. Yep. Uh, Hayden is questioning his sanity, or Kurt is questioning his sanity. Johnny says, oh, it's all good. And then he just leaves. Oftentimes, Hayden Christensen, a.k.a. Kurt, will put on these old headphones and just kind of rock himself back and forth. And I was really wondering, what's he listening to? And they're that his his soothing, like, is it Steely Dan's greatest hits? Is there some <laughs> Tegan and Sarah he's got going on in there? Maybe Lips Incorporated. You don't know. He might go and be, be going to Funky Town. You never know. So next we see Kurt. He is all shaved and he's all cleaned up for his new job. And he's walking around the security company and he's, oh, restricted area. No, no, no trespassing. He's like, hmm, I want to get it here. So he's like, I got to get it here. Is it, uh, the, what, of the, the, what I called number two, the security bad guy. I guess he's the number one security bad guy, but he's number two at this company to the dad. Um, and he comes in and he's like, hey, whoa, it's restricted area. You got to get out of here. There's restricted things in here. And he's like, I don't, I don't see this on the map. Where is it yeah. on the map? No, his job is apparently taking a set of blueprints and walking around and verifying that rooms exist. <laughs> like, I did all the securities. <laughs> <laughs> when he finds one that does not exist on the map, then he's just befuddled and has to go back to the start and start walking it again. <laughs> oh my god oh yeah so they have a little <laughs> I hesitate to call it a tense moment but whatever they have a little uh, antagonistic they moment. really try to make Kurt the good guy in this movie by making all these other people assholes and they're it doesn't work he's still just an unlikable Hayden Christensen person yeah so he goes home he has a fight with his neighbor Again, we're getting topical here about a homeless guy who's yeah. sleeping outside their house. Um, we find out he's living in the house of his dead parents. Um, we see the, he has another vision of the little boy. Uh, he's hearing voices, things like that. He goes home. He reads Harvey Keitel's book, which recommends ways to be strong enough to endure the apocalypse. Spoiler alert. Jerky is heavily, heavily, <laughs> heavily involved. <laughs> There's also a part where he's chasing after his little boy hallucination, and I was watching with subtitles on, and it just says under Hayden Christensen, no audible dialogue. And I was like, yep, that sums up his narration. <laughs> so back at work. Hey, we're back in work. Hijinks. Yeah, a storm knocks out the power. Remember, there's an electrical storm coming. There's the weather's doing weird things. There's, well, there's we hear these news reports about a storm that's like go gone from coast to coast, or it's a worldwide storm. Can we say what they're doing at work though? Like, there's these three people just looking at a bunch of nude women on on things, and then it turns right. out the, the boss's daughter has an OnlyFans type page. <laughs> She's embarrassed that she that comes up. Uh, Kurt gets on it, and then the storm cuts everything out. Yeah. Storm knocks out the power, and then they go, and they have this little moment together where, what? I mean, it's this little flirting scene, but honestly, it makes the dialogue 
in the scene in Attack of the Clones where Anakin <laughs> describes to Queen Padma how people from Tatooine always have sand in their ass crack. It makes that look like Ode to a fucking Grecian urn. It is poetry compared to this fucking dog roll. He sees her tattoo of a circle. She says, I love circles. And he's like, circles are kind of like zeros. And then he starts <laughs> mewling about embryos. Like, what? <laughs> and he's does it to melt sh- her butter? Yeah, it does. Yeah, oh, this is the most unrealistic relationship since um, Revolution. Since Al Pacino. Right. Got, yes. That for with no Natasha reason Kinski. got with Natasha Skinsky. No, she it, says it, to him, she's like, do you really believe in this stuff? And it's like, lady, the earth has been dying for 30 days. You are watching unprecedented storms happen. Everything's falling apart. Yeah, something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> Let's just admit that. So uh, Hayden or Kurt on the way home, there's there's one of these suspender Nazis who is like the hoot and holler Nazi. He's the, he's yeah. the well, yeah, He's just always kind of slobbering. and He's the, I get to say the like, N-word Nazi. Exactly. So he fucks up that dude. Boom, 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 boom. And then he goes over to Harvey Keitel's place where he's, uh, he says, how can one person alone repopulate the planet? So this is a not a prophet, not preaching at his not a sex cult. He's <laughs> like, how do we get to repopulate the planet all of a sudden? There's like a, it's raining. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You got to, I mean, I wish there was a mega clip of Harvey Keitel's line delivery in this because it's obviously he didn't know what he was saying no. and did, it, it's almost like he's speaking a different language. Yeah. Uh, and right after he finishes preaching, sure enough, he gets off the stage. And what does he say? I'm not a preacher. <laughs> he does. He's just like, you are just going on about repopulating the planet, you sick fuck. All right. So um, remember the anti-homeless neighbor? So Kurt goes, fucks him up. Boom. Boom, boom. Yeah. Then he goes into his Travis Bickle writing in his diary scene, which, again, is yes. just as bad as you would expect. Maybe slightly worse. Speaking of journal, this movie is like if John Doe from Seven's Journals were a f- movie, that's the movie we'd be watching. But I believe those journals would be so much more interesting. Yeah, better written, maybe. Who knows? Johnny shows up, and Johnny is talking about the preacher that Harvey Keitel plays. He's like, they should. He's acting. They should give him an Academy Award. And I think <laughs> that's the only reason Keitel did the movie because he's like, put in a line about how I deserve an Academy Subconsciously, Award. Consciously, we'll put this in people's minds. Oh my God! Yes, uh, but Kurt was hearing none of this uh, talk from Johnny. He says things are finally making sense. He dumps out his alcohol. Um. He's also like he's he's doing stuff to his apartment too. This is what Johnny kind of walks into is him like basically. We're fucking building. hour into this movie. I'm sorry. No, to cut you I off. know that's it's, the thing is like there's no story to this. There's it, not yeah. a story that kind of like logically goes from A to B to C to D. It's an hour in, and you're just like, what the fuck is the point what of any of this? It's so boring. Here? Yeah. So anyway, he's he's retrofitting his that's apartment right. to be this like or his parents' house to be the survival shelter. That's what Johnny comes into. They have a thing, and then Jessica shows up at the apartment. So he's like, "Johnny, you gotta go. You gotta go, Johnny." So Johnny finally leaves, and he actually says, as Johnny's leaving, he goes, "Johnny, be good." Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, why? why? This comes up. This comes up a couple times. Like I think their thing. It's supposed to be that their thing is that he speaks in song titles to him because later on he's like yeah i'll see you on the dark side of the moon and it's like is that their is that like their thing that's their bit 
or wow. what because of the Ginsburg lines earlier, I think this guy just didn't know many English quotes or, or whatever and was just like looking up pop culture. Johnny also because Jessica has showed up and Johnny's about to bounce and he's like, Boy, I, I'd like to get a girl, you know, get her a few drinks before I show her my bunker. And then he's like, That's a penis joke. And it's like, if you break it down, isn't it more of a vagina joke? I mean, the shape of a bunker is not really penis like compared to vagina, right? I'm just saying, if you're breaking down the anatomy. <laughs> so Johnny takes off. Jessica comes in, and Jessica is all all in a hizzy. She's like, the the money is missing from work. They they your yeah. name was mentioned. There's, all of a sudden, all we sudden get a stuff. plot. Yeah, right. Uh, and she's looking around, and she's like, really getting a load of this apocalypse den that he's. Building. This cracked like, me wow, up. You're just like you're building an apocalypse den. And instead of having like any kind of a comprehensible reaction, she seems to get super horny. Yes, right. <laughs> because she looks, they get hot and heavy. Like she hot looks around, and, heavy. and and I was I was ticking the moments because I had my pen ready to quote her because how she was going to say it because I knew it was coming. Like you actually live here, or but she says you actually sleep here, and it's like, <laughs> have you met this character? He 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 looks sloppily drunk at all times. They told him to shave his beard and he's still got a little scraggly bit of patch on his face. You, you should not be surprised. It's a warehouse you knocked on the door of. <laughs> and then as soon as they're backlit and silhouetted and looking at each other, you know a sex scene's just it's like, like oh, 10 seconds away. Way into Yeah, they do. And as you predicted, there are boobs. Yeah. And the thrusting. Like it's a real sex mm-hmm. scene. It is it is not some phony baloney sex scene. It's not as much as uh deadly obsessions or <laughs> deadly attractions <laughs> father and mother, you know, deeper no, scene. It doesn't quite go to that level, unfortunately. Um <laughs> But again, this is just as I said, it's this white incel fantasy that like a beautiful yeah. woman will see all your guns and hear all of your end of the world paranoid fantasies. And suddenly you're in the splash zone. Yeah, you like, stole from <laughs> you stole from her dad, and she's just like, um, "Kespeuch." <laughs> she even tells him post coitus, "You're pretty special." Like seriously, this guy. <laughs> you know he's being played by Hayden Christensen, right? Like you know it took three pumps and he came. I mean, they, that was one of the highlights of that sex scene was how much how long it had been since he had sex, and he was so quite fast. And she's like, "You're pretty special, Tiger." It's like, wow, way to go, buddy. <laughs> Because that's what women love. Thanks for not dragging it out. She even like goes down into his (laughs) (laughs) into his. (laughs) She even goes down into his bunker. She's like, "Wait, you got a bunker? Like, you got a post apocalypse bunker? Like a little that's a penis joke." And she's like, "I'm in. I want the bunker. I'm on team bunker now. I'm on board with all that you're selling." She's like, "I don't want to die out there cold and alone." So she's she's down with a bunker now. But who shows up again? People just are showing up to his apartment now. Yeah. The security guys, the bad the Gome- guys. I called them Gomez and the boys because now <laughs> this guy Gomez just keeps showing up with two other people. Yes, it's true. So they're outside. They've got guns. They've got threats. Uh, number two threatens Jessica. Um, they... Actually, no, there's another scene in here. Yeah, that where Kaitel is... Dude. It really is. So they cut away from it. They they go away. They just leave. Yes. And then the Nazi hipsters, they are now like shaking down Harvey Keitel. So they're they're about to, I guess, set somebody. They're about to set the homeless guy on fire. Harvey Keitel and his band of like 
cult, not cult members that yeah. are going to go into the mountains are, are taking off because this this the world ending storm is coming. Yeah, it's the final the, storm. The skinheads hipsters are, have tracked them down and are going to murder, harass them. And even Harvey Keitel's character has the most poignant dialogue in the movie. He's like, why? What, what do you <laughs> what, get out of this? What's the point? <laughs> and they don't answer it. And yet it just continues. The movie cannot answer its own no. questions of what the fuck is the, the point of this? I feel like that was like some improv. And they're like, oh, Harvey, whoa. Oh, hey, you don't can't need your script notes, buddy. <laughs> don't need your script notes. We're doing just fine here. <laughs> There's, it's just lots of anti-Semitism after that. And uh, yeah, so a Kurt, fucking bummer, dude. Kurt saves the day. Um, and he tells one Nazi, everything you do is wrong. And the, 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 the one Nazi he, he says that to is like, sort of like, Oh, like he has really been shamed by, by Hayden Christensen. Sure. Now the bad guys from the security team break into the house mm-hmm. and beat up and kidnap Kurt. This and is like this why there's like a whole thing in between them, but they had to have that thing to explain why later. It's weird. Later, it's so later. weird. You don't know how many days, even though he's counting down days, you don't know how many have passed. And then he's supposed to be doomsday prepping in his house. There's just a lot of scenes of him moving shit around in his house. He's just like moving bags of concrete to one point to the other. And that's it. It's supposed to be like, I'm getting ready for the apocalypse. What? Yeah. Okay. So he wakes up. He's beaten. They take him. He wakes up in an insane asylum slash dungeon. Yeah. Sometimes it's a semi-normal place, this this facility that he wakes in, up in. Sometimes it's the place where Bruce Wayne wakes up in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, wait, what? So, uh, why do we have television here in this fucking dungeon? Amadeus is one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw it very young, and it was like the first non-comedy that, I, that drew me in. The opening scene of that, or not the opening, but when he, when Salieri gets to the insane asylum mm-hmm. and the priest comes in and that stunned me and shocked me and scarred me as a kid because of just what a 17th century insane asylum must have been like. This movie tries to do that, but it does it in such a <laughs> shitty ass The Purge way. Right. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, Kurt wakes up. Uh, his nurse says, "Welcome to your new life." There's this really, there's this black guy running around screaming about fresh meat, fresh meat. It's uh, it's it's not good. It's not he good. becomes the magic black guy at the end, though. He does right. Yeah. He's, he fulfills two toxic stereotypes. That's <laughs> beautiful, beautiful stuff. So we get a little time with the therapist. I guess whatever he's supposed to be a therapist, but he he basically discredits Harvey Keitel. He says this guy's uh, you're sick. He's a con man named Alan ending. Green. Uh, but we find out whoa, who's watching behind this mirror? Security bad guys. They're watching behind the mirror. It's all a setup, I guess. But this place is real, right? So I, just just th- nothing makes sense. Yeah, including the fact that even though they've kidnapped him and thrown him in here, he's allowed visitors <laughs> and. <laughs> and it's Harvey Keitel, and it's the it guy they just... have the pictures of, not <laughs> but... looking like the street preacher Harvey Keitel, looking like the Harvey Keitel, Harvey Keitel, like Harvey Keitel. Yes, like oh, yeah, I mean, you hold up a, a picture to this guy, it's like, oh, that's Alan Green. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Keitel shows up at the dungeon, and they they're allowed in unmonitored, you know, yeah, 
time together because that's how you do. Well, and the technology's in the 80s in this movie. <laughs> Kurt basically is like, I, I know all about you. I know about you. And Gaitel's like, no, I'm not a con man. I am in hiding. But there's a final storm coming. This is the calm before the storm. And then he says, you're my hero because he saved saved them. He he took a stand whenever. It's but, just like, oh, my God, come on. Also, why exactly is he mad at Alan Green? He never gave him money. He never was duped by him into doing anything wrong. He insists he didn't take the money. He wasn't asked by Alan Green, a.k.a. Harvey Keitel, to take the money. No. Why is he exactly mad at him? Ridiculous. So... Now the Nazis, the Nazis suddenly get into his cell. They got day passes. Right? We're going to fuck you up. We got the keys to your cell. But remember Fresh Meat Guy? Fresh Meat Guy saves the day. He takes them down. Apparently, uh, Keitel bribed him. And he says he's going to keep the Nazis as pets. So happy endings for all. Yep. Uh, Kurt escapes with help from the shame Nazi. Remember, uh, everything you do is wrong. That guy? Yeah, he helps. So good. That's right. So Kurt goes back to his bunker, but he's like, no, I don't want to be in my bunker. So he goes out to save Jessica because she didn't want to die in the dark and the cold. And the final storm's coming. Remember the final storm's coming. That's very important. Uh. The final storm's coming. Johnny is like trying to talk him out of this as well. Johnny is just, he's kind of negative Nelly a little bit. Sure. Like whatever, whatever Kurt wants to do, he's like, nah, don't do that. Like, don't do that. What, it's, it's, these are like diametrically opposite things. Don't do it. Don't do it. Kurt ignores him. It's like, whatever, not listening to you anymore. He's shows up at Jessica's father's house or the company. It doesn't this matter. This is a, this is one of those scenes where anybody just walks in when they need it. This, they just, this the scene and, needs to advance. In in order. In he's order talking to two in. guys and he's like, It's just a matter of time, boss. We're gonna find a boss. Then he walks right in. <laughs> the whole city he even calls it out to he's like, I got the whole city looking for you. You just walk right in and Murder two of my men right in front of me. Well, before then we another get there, guy. Though, remember, we have the vision of the little boy. Oh, that's One right. More vision of the little boy. as the final storm. Remember, the final storm's approaching. Was that his and he dad? tells him about his father. Well, he talks about he's like, he's like my father. You know his his dad waited for. No, I thought it was supposed to be his unborn son. Right? Because he's cut. like my father told me that story. But there's a cut to him looking at pictures of his dad. Right. So I didn't know if dad is the one who waited on the couch. And he talks about how, like, this guy waited on the couch. Boy. And for you to get home because he believed he'd come home. And then, like, but my dad told me that story. So, like, I had a nickel for every time my dad was just sitting on the couch. (laughs) Right? Just waiting. Oh, boy. Well, it doesn't matter because either way, it's. Hey, if you're getting the idea that this movie's fucking indecipherable, good, because it is. Oh, God. So, yes, wait, uh, Hayden waits the two security guys who are busy looking for him uh, in the office where the dad is and where he would obviously <laughs> go. Uh, but after wasting these two guys, of course, he lets dad monologue for a little bit. Uh-huh. Number two gets the drop on him. Gomez then, comes in. Yeah, Gomez. But don't worry because Kurt has a recording. Like, he just has a recording. Yeah. Like, How did he record like, that? I he was, was in a cage in the loony bin. <laughs> This Dude's- is recording of when they were outside his apartment, but didn't come in. Remember, oh. uh, he's, he's with Jessica, and they started uh, knocking That's on the door, right. and then they leave, but he recorded yeah. this, which he just knew to record it. I, this is like fucking, I just hate it in movies where like suddenly someone has a recording. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, what? what? 
I, I yeah, I forgave it. What Michael Collins is that the George Clooney movie or is that the Liam Neeson movie? Oh, uh, Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. I forgave it in that one sure. because that was just a kick-ass movie. But this, <laughs> how was he recording this? His technology did not go past Mister Microphone. And number two, it's a recording of him threatening Jessica, and the exact quote is. <laughs> um, trigger alert for anyone who doesn't like hearing disgusting things the things i could do to that tiny tiny maybe not so wet coos right what the why 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 did he have to add that part fucking f fuck what fuck all right so this all leads to a mexican standoff but whoa dad is not trusted. Number two, number two is not trusted. No one's okay. trusted. Anyone. Boom, 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 boom. They're all shot, but of course, who walks away? Kurt. Kurt's but fine. a Mexican standoff. If we're if we're really truly defining it, it's that you're pointing your guns at two different people, and each person in, there's a peristaltic chain of gun pointing. This one has two people pointing at one person, and one person only pointing at one other person. Kill the other person. That's two against one. Odds in your favor. But yes, guns go off. They're all shot. Kurt is able to walk away relatively unharmed. Sure. But he puts on yeah. his gas mask. He goes out into the storm. The storm is raging now. People are screaming. Shit's flying through the air. Lots of slow-mo. Electrical slow-mo. The whomping score is whomping. Can I do the dialogue, please, here? That please. It, he says, all I've ever done is survive. Maybe that's all anyone has ever done until they die. Then what dreams may come. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. All anybody ever has done is survive until they die. That's why the, that's life. That's exactly how it works. Good then point. what dreams may come. Yeah. Whew. So yes, uh, Kaitel is preaching. The storm's raging. It looks like it overwhelms Kurt. The lights all go out. But Kurt makes it back to his shelter. And who's there? Jessica. And they embrace the end. That's it. That's it. That's the movie. That's the fucking movie. It's it. That's oh, it. There's nothing else. Hell. Corky, let's remind people about our rating system before we close the book on this dark chapter in podcast mm. history. Run of the mill bad film is a dare. Next level bad double dare. A movie that we actually kind of liked. Reverse dare. Corky. Rating for the last man. If there was ever a reason for the double dare it is the last man from 2018 mm-hmm. starring Craden Christensen and Harvey Cattell this movie is pointless it does nothing and it takes a long time to do it 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 doesn't it makes no sense it has no story uh it's just a bunch of horrible dialogue there's a drone shot from a top of building that kind of floats down a bit that's the one appealing look in this movie it's all filtered through this really dreary gross dingy gray lens mm. god damn i hated this i was so upset i took two pages and a half of notes and i was just like fuck this i'm gonna enjoy my drink and just talk to my buddy about this movie. <laughs> double dare don't ever ever watch this movie yeah mega dittos double dare all the way this is an absolutely atrocious film and I really want to like single it out from like, like Deadly Attraction, which we mentioned a few times on this show, which is absolutely atrocious. And yes. At the same time, kind of fascinating. Yes. Because of how it's done and how how cheap it is and everything like that. 
There's nothing fascinating. There's no levels to get excited about. Speed 2 even. I Like, what an yeah. awful movie, but I'm glad I watched it because, my God, what a fascinating film with so many aspects to talk about and so many implications for how to make a movie and how not to make a movie and all these other kind of things. I got nothing with The Last Man. I got absolutely nothing. This movie gives you nothing, and so it will get nothing. Double fucking dare all the fucking way. Please don't watch this movie. I swear to God, you're going to be like, ah, it's really bad. No, fucking don't no. fucking watch it. Don't do don't. it. Don't do it. We did it. Don't do it. The best thing that came out of this movie is a cocktail that my man here, here. Dan made. Here, yeah. here. That's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. Although anonymous, we do appreciate the dare and we appreciate your unfailing, unflagging, a very beneficial support to the Dare Daniel podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Keep the keep the turds coming. You've been here since day one, and you've been unfailing in in being a wonderful benefactor. And we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of somebody's movie dares. I think we're all cut up on our donor dares, aren't we, Dan? Pretty sure we are. So someone send them some money real quick. Yeah, if you're a donor, uh, let us know, and we'll, we'll get your donor dare up to the top. Yeah, we're the last podcast without a Patreon. Deal with it. This is how we do it. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod. That's one word, Dare Daniel Pod, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, collectively known as Schmeed. Like and rate us on all of your favorite podcast apps, every single one of them. We're watching. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website. That is daredaniel.com. Corky. Yeah. You're out there. The final mm-hmm. storm is raging. Sure. You're in your bunker. What's going on, man? Well, I've got my handbook, you know, uh, Doomsday Preppers are from Mars, Last Day Adventurous (laughs) are from Venus, and (laughs) my mind book, not my handbook. Um, And I'm just using it to to, to better my stage presence and and the things I think are important while I'm performing at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. Shows are back inside. Come see me on Fridays and Saturdays. But I'd also like to take this time at the end of the show to, again, test who the real ones are. Who's really listening to this end? So I think, Dan, we can agree that Harvey Keitel is a fantastic American actor. He's one of my all-time favorites. Listeners, what movie should Harvey Keitel have won an Academy Award for? Wow. Tell us that on social media. We'll know you're a real one. We'll know you listen to the end. All right. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. I'm Quirk McDonald saying no audible dialogue. (laughs) Bye-bye. We love you.